Okay, and that brings us to the last portion of our show. What just happened there? I was I was getting my my <laughs> very fresh popcorn. Fresh out your your super fast popcorn machine. Yes, I popped a whole new batch because um, I needed fresh popcorn yeah. for the sound effect. Well, it looks great. It looks it looks scrumptious. But we are sober. reviewing a film, a, a really good popcorn film, actually, on the topic of popcorn, a movie called Nobody. And uh, who's you're synopsing? You're synopsing this week. Are you prepared for that? I will synopse. I will once again read the IMDb synopsis. Why? Why do you keep reading? The, I you saw the movie. I did see the movie. I did see the movie. All right. I'll, I'll just go. I'll just go for it. You ready? I didn't mean to pressure <clears> you, <throat> but I am ready. Well, you did pressure me. Let's be clear. <laughs> okay, here we go. Hutch Menzel lives a very mundane life over and over again, working for the man, trying to get ahead. But something isn't quite right until one day circumstances change and Hutch just loses it. Find out why in Nobody. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very that much. Was just, that was great. Um, yeah, so Hutch Manziel. This, I mean, this movie is about a guy named Hutch Manziel, and it is Bob Odenkirk, and he is pretty much like one of the only big people in the cast. Like it's his show. It, he, it's, it's the, it's the Bob Odenkirk show and um, it's extraordinarily violent. So if you're like yes. not into that though, I have to say, <laughs> well, I think judging by, you know, Kirk, in a weird way, like Kirk and I weren't really able to like talk about the movie. Cause we, we try not to, we try to keep our thoughts to ourselves, but the one point I know we both thoroughly enjoyed in this movie, and just a reminder before we go into it, we do spoiler full reviews now, not spoiler free, so you're gonna hear spoilers. <laughs> but there's an there's a part in this movie where the Russian bad guy is like going to see some of his guys who got beat up in the hospital, and he's super mad at one of them, and he's walking to his hospital room and he picks up a chair, and you're like, hmm, why'd he pick up that chair? And then he walks in the room and you see the guy in the hospital bed and he's like, Julian. And before he can even finish saying his name, Julian throws the chair at him and it hits him directly in the face. It is one of the funniest things I have ever seen in my entire life. We were both like howling in the theater. It was so hilarious. It didn't get enough credit, man. I mean, again, there were only eight people in the super duplex theater room and just the timing of it was so wonderful. It couldn't have been a more perfect shot. <laughs> just the stunt coordinator and the actor who got hit with the chair. I think he actually got hit with the chair. I want to play that in slow-mo, but it was so perfect. It was I beautiful. Every fast, <laughs> quick frame of it just nailed him. Yeah. The Foley artist had it on. Oh my gosh. It was glorious. It was, they probably only did. It was just like one take and it was just pure movie magic. And they were like, that's it. That's the take cut. <laughs> it was a total accident. And that guy's still in the hospital. He's like in a coma. He's now. like actually in the hospital now. Yeah. Uh, I just had to say oh. that because that part was so funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think, people were equating this movie to John Wick and it definitely has that sort of vibe. It's like, you know, people come into his break into his house and it like sends him back into the game, you know, <laughs> you know, Hutch Manziel back into the game. So, um, yeah, let's review it. Kirk, you want to kick us off with your, who the Oscar goes to? 
Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. My voice cracked a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> what if I just talked like this the rest of the time? I'm not sure anyone would continue listening, and I apologize. The Oscar goes to Mr. Am I pointing at the screen correctly? Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Mr. Bob Odenkirk. Dude, this guy has got it all. Bob Odenkirk started as a writer. He was a comedic writer on SNL for a number of years, uh, which is just baffling. Uh, he auditioned to be Michael Scott in The Office, didn't get it, and had a guest role on it. Uh, and then, of course, as we all know and love him, Mr. Bob Odenkirk as Saul Goodman uh, in Breaking Bad, and then Better Call Saul as uh, Slippin' Jimmy. I mean, come on. No one, no one in their right mind would have thought that this guy would be a, a movie star or a TV legend at this point. And he has got it all. He has, he's just such a brilliant mind. He, in this role uh, as Hutch, he is uh, depressed. He's annoyed. He is suave. There's this whole backstory to him where he is like this secret um, off the grid operative for the government who would come in like, totally classified and just like murder people so there'd be no witnesses for highly classified missions it's a crazy crazy situation <laughs> it's a crazy crazy role and he's got all this pent-up anger he's not like he he doesn't it's almost like he doesn't want to kill everybody but he also doesn't have any remorse when he has to so he's like all right let's do this um and I also love there's there's a, a big scene where we finally get to see him unleash all of his anger uh, that he's been penting up. And it's not like he's ready to go. No, he had to warm up to it because right? he's been um, dormant for a while. I just thought, you know, we, we have seen just uh, we've seen Bob Odenkirk in progression in a television series. And it's really cool to see him progress a character in the shorter span of a film. And he did it perfectly. So big win. He's the Oscar right there. Yeah, I, I mean, this is very much a one-man show um, in every stretch of the imagination. So it, it's it has to be Bob Odenkirk for me as well. I think, Kirk, you hit on a lot of the highlights. I think what I like about Bob Odenkirk, uh, I mean, everything personally. I think I think he's <laughs> I think he's truly brilliant. I mean, you talked about his his resume and, and where he started. I think I I, I it, you know it's not hyperbole. I think he's a, a truly brilliant actor and. It's not that this was like the most finessed performance in the history of the world, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, it's an action movie. But what I loved about it is how Bob Odenkirk was just very aware of the movie that he was in. You know what I mean? Like, he, he didn't take it overly seriously. He wasn't afraid to, like, deliver lines in, like, a cheesy action movie kind of way, which helped. It helped with the self-awareness of the movie. It helped you feel like okay, they know what kind of movie they're making. You know, and, and that's so important in action movies these days because if you want to make a preposterous action movie with a plot that's outlandish, with action sequences that are just totally crazy, and you want it to be good, it's very important that you keep the self-awareness intact. I think that's something that, you know, the reason people equate this movie to John Wick, other than a million things, but one of the main reasons is because it, it did that. And that was something that John Wick really coined was like, John Wick is such a funny movie because you, um, it's like that meme. Have you ever seen that meme of like that, uh, stick figure, not, not, not stick figure guy, but like low animation, um, guy who's like putting his finger up and he's like, eh, and he's like, 
uh, you know, like he wants to say something, but he can't do it. That's what the right. whole watching of the John Wick experience is like, because you're like, that was ridiculous. And you're like, eh, but it actually followed the rules of the movie that they set out. And you're like, and it was really stylish. And they knew that it was ridiculous. And they showed you that they knew, like, you want to be mad at John Wick. You want to be like, this is a crappy action movie, but you can't because it's not. It's like, it is absolutely ridiculous, but that is the point of the movie. So this this movie played off of that. They they took the cues that John Wick had and Bob Odenkirk especially looked at some of the ways that, uh, you know, Keanu did things in John Wick and took it to the next level. So I just really appreciated that from him and it was critically important to making this movie effective. So shout out to Mr. Bob Odenkirk, um, which is his Twitter handle, by the way, if you want to follow him. He's a great yes. follow, Mr. Bob Odenkirk. All right, Kirk, who's your scene stealer? This was hard. Yes. This was very difficult. Um, I will say that the supporting cast wasn't phenomenal. Um, but at the same time, there were there were some like lukewarm performances that were like, well, maybe, maybe him, maybe her, you know, whatever. I gotta go, my scene stealer, with I'm gonna, I'm not gonna pronounce this correctly. Correct. I can't even say, I can't even talk. It's gonna go to Alexei Serebryakov, who plays. That was lovely. You, the Yulian. Uh, Yulian, yes. yeah. Dude, this guy comes out and you're like, oh, this guy's probably the bad guy. And I was severely worried uh, for the next couple of minutes uh, of the movie because he is just like at first, like when you first see him, you're like, oh, this is just some side character. But then you're like, we're following this guy for a long time. And the way the camera angles are going, it's like, oh, no, this is our big bad. This is not good. This is not good. You meet him in a club and people are talking about him. I think that he even gets he even gets a title for for his introduction. It even says yep. Yulian. I'm like, oh, crap, that's Yulian. Like, oh, this is this is not good. Like, I'm just going to, like, close my eyes and go to sleep here. And then they turn it around in such a huge way during his introduction where, uh, so he's just kind of this, uh, this drunk guy. He's singing on stage uh, at karaoke at his own club and he's just living life, soaking it in. And everyone's like, you're, you're the one holding all of our money. Uh, like the big Russian mafia, like you have all of the control of all of our money. He's like, you guys are worried about that? No problem. And then just straight up, destroys this guy's face the one who i believe gets <laughs> hit with the chair uh briefly after this uh he takes a uh, like a wine glass and he shatters it and then he like goes and scalds it across his face over and over and over and over again and then he's like he just like throws it on the ground and turns around like yeah uh and this could have been done in a very campy way uh which also would have been terrible for the lead villain but there's something about this actor, and again, his name is Alexei Serebryakov. There's something about him that he he's just he's also just a trained, skilled, experienced actor. He knew that it was bigger than that. So Yulian gets it uh, from from that point on. He he totally sold it. He sucked me in, and from every beat after that, he continued to just keep it fresh and kind of fight against very easy easy stereotypes that could be played into the trope of this role. Yeah, great pick. I, I like it a lot. Um, my scene stealer, you know him, you love him. He's Christopher Lloyd. Uh, I had to go with Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, who plays um, Hutch Manziel's father, who is, um, what's his name? 
I'm blanking. Uh, David, David Manziel. And so he is Bob Odenkirk's dad, which actually, we were talking about this after the movie, but it actually like worked. Like he kind of did look like his dad. Um, but I think what was really fun about it is he gets to play this role where he's like this unassuming old guy in the in the nursing home who then just gets to go like full scorched earth, like has a sawed off shotgun and is like shooting people in the head and, you know, like choking guys out. And he's like 80 something years old. Like it's just, <laughs> it it is, you know, if you're going to go preposterous, you got to go all the way and you, you got to have fun with it. And Christopher Lloyd, I think added a lot of that fun, especially in the, in the like ending fight sequences. And really we're talking like just his facial expressions and physical acting, but it just added a, a whole new element to the end of the movie um, where I, I, I just think like action movies get more fun when you have a crew and a crew that you like. And he was a cool, like unorthodox person to add to that crew. And uh, once again, understood his role and didn't take it too seriously and just had a lot of fun with it. And it was, it was obvious and it made the end of the ending of the movie um, a lot more fun than it could have been. So Christopher Lloyd, ladies and gentlemen, he's he's still here. Beautiful. All right, let's move into Showstopper and let's talk about what we really enjoyed about the movie Nobody. Yeah, the it all comes down to that hospital chair to the face, man. The the the, uh, the comedy, <laughs> <laughs> the comedy violence uh, antithesis was just beautifully played because uh, you have very very horrible things happening. But if you can make me so uh, uncomfortable or make me feel that that it makes me laugh. I mean, there's a, there's such an art to that that doesn't just come naturally. Uh, there's also a moment when Bob Odenkirk, uh, a comedy to violence. Bob Odenkirk is like screaming at someone with the gun in their face. Uh, then there's a baby in the back room, and he says, "Give me the bleeping kitty cat bracelet." Bleep! Like he's just throwing <laughs> expletives, yelling about his daughter's <laughs> kitty cat bracelet specifically, and it is so funny and so <laughs> real that. It's just, it's just, it's just very, very powerful. Um, I loved, I loved every moment that they did of it. It continued throughout. It reminds me kind of like um, in Drive uh, with um, uh, with Ryan Gosling, where you have the horrible um, two two terrible murders in there. There's a lot, but one of them happens in an elevator. There's basically like a curb stomp out. I think it's Oscar Isaac that gets murdered by Ryan Gosling in that scene. Yeah, and then the second one that comes earlier is a shotgun to the face in a motel room and it's so horrible it makes you laugh out loud because it's horrifying uh, completely unexpected and the human uh, condition is completely unpredictable but (laughs) (laughs) but because of that because of how they maneuvered that throughout the entire film some of the most violent moments I was laughing my butt off and maybe that makes me a sadistic person but it really was (laughs) done with a comedic touch to it so bravo yeah, that's a good call out. That's a good call out. Uh, my showstopper is is different. My showstopper is the world building, which got off to a slow start. Uh, honestly, you're you're sitting here wondering, like, okay, what are we doing here? This guy is like, what? He's just he's just some like, you know, stereotypical like dead end job kind of dad. His his kids don't respect him because he's not tough, and you know, it just takes a long time to get going, and they really drag it out. But then you know, they create this, 
whole world about the auditor. You know, he was this guy in the government institution that was like so deep under like black ops type stuff. Like he was basically called the auditor because he was the last person you wanted to see at your door. He was somebody who cleaned up the messes. He was like an unstoppable force. And they do that. They build out his crew. They build out his backstory. You know, like you start to see him like, he has this basement, this, like, all these house, uh, like, his house is all teched out, so it has, like, these huge, like, lead-lined doors, and his basement is basically in, like, incinerator, so that if people raid his house, he can burn all their bodies in it. Like, it gets wild, but they they build out this, like, character. They build out this persona that fits really well in this world, and it's it's so critical, because otherwise the movie doesn't really work at all. Um, so they had to do that. I wish they would have done it a little bit earlier in the movie or at least started planting the seeds or just accelerate that front half of the movie. But it does answer so many questions and they tie so many things up to where you're left with not too many questions about the world at least. And so I think that was a really good job on their part in, in terms of how they executed that. They really left no stone unturned in my opinion. Fantastic. The odds are coming back. They were gone for a while. Everything you said was interesting. I'm just really tired. <laughs> yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> All right, let's move on to director shoes. What are some notes you have? So the world building was really great. I agree. And I think they could have actually made this even more absurd than it was. I think that the director <laughs> grounded this in reality a little too much. Uh, in fact, this movie had the feel of, of course, John Wick. Um, falling down with Michael Douglas. If you've ever heard of that or seen that, Michael Douglas is having a really bad day and then he just ends up killing a whole bunch of people for just because of he snaps for anger management. Um, it's very much like uh, the secret, like kind of the secret black ops, like on a super secret mission. There's a movie that's similar to that with uh, with like Stretch with Patrick Wilson. It's a terrible movie. Um, it, it, there's and then Birds of Prey, Twenty One Jump Street to throw the humor in it and to throw the attempting uh, attempting to ground something in reality that doesn't quite need it. The world building was already good enough with the absurdity of it all that I wish that they just would have laid there and not tried to bring so much normalcy. Uh, to Hutch's character. So, and the other part of that, there was a, there were some plot lines that didn't really get flushed out uh, that we could potentially, I thought like, is this going to be a franchise? Are we going to see Hutch in another film after this? Because all of these little breadcrumbs of, of who he was didn't really get tied up. So that's, that's where I landed. Could have been more absurd. Uh, I wanted to know more about were these an act? Was it actually a family unit? Him, Christopher Lloyd, uh, and his brother. Uh, I don't. I never know how you say his name. Is it RZA? RZA, RZA is the yeah, actor. RZA. Yep. Um, so were they really a family, like an actual family, or were they put together on purpose as a metaphorical family uh, and assigned to each other to become this the crazy kind of killing machine that he is? Uh, I would have loved to know more about that within the world, but ultimately, give me more absurdity. Yeah, I like that take. I like that take a lot. Um, I agree with that, but my director's shoes, and I've got a few of them, but I think the biggest one is just like what ends up being sort of the core conflict is very weakly pulled together. Like it, it doesn't really make a ton of sense. So Kirk mentioned the kitty cat bracelet. Basically the inciting incident is that um, Bob Odenkirk, Hutch Manziel, his house gets robbed. He 
you know, knows that the people who are robbing his house are desperate, and so he doesn't take any action against them, okay? And so people are giving him all this crap about it, like, oh, man, if that was my house, you, you don't even know. And he, deep down, is like this savage killer, right? And so that's eating away at him. But then once he finds out that his precious daughter's kitty cat bracelet was stolen, he's like, that's it. Well, then he goes to the house. He finds out that those people are like, they have a baby who has medical issues and they're super poor. And he's like, man, I can't do anything to these people, even though I really wanted to hurt them for stealing the kitty cat bracelet. And um, so then he goes out and he, meet, long story short, he meets up with these guys on a bus who are just like up to no good. And he like beats the crap out of all of them, like to a bloody pulp. And those guys are related to the Russian guy who Kirk mentioned earlier. And that's the connection. Like, that's how they get to the main conflict. And like that for me is just way too roundabout, way too cheap, not super well-written in my opinion. And I think that there's just like, if you're going to go through all the trouble of like world building this character and all that stuff, like he would for sure have enemies. He would for sure have like a past that could creep up on him. Like it didn't have to be like this chance occurrence with this random dude. Right. I just thought that that was a little bit weak in general. Um, so they could have done better there. And there are, there are other things they could have done better of, but I, I just really think that that's the one that sticks out to me because like you said, I, I, I do sort of feel like they're building towards a franchise and um, you know, it's not unlike what happens in John wick. You know, these guys see his car and then, um, you know, they, they go to steal his car and they kill his dog. Like, it's, it's very similar in that way. But there's this whole other world that those guys are connected to that John Wick is also connected to that, like, right, right. builds something bigger. Like, these guys would have never really crossed paths, you know. And it's only this happenstance thing. that, And, and there's nothing really left between them at the end of the movie. So, I don't know. It just felt a little bit weak. And I wish they would have beefed that up a little bit because... I do think they're sort of building towards a franchise. So let's let's dig the roots deeper. Let's build it out a little bit more so that we will want to come back for nobody too. <laughs> yeah, I think if they would have, you know, they have two montages at the beginning of this film to show the mundaneness and the repetitiveness. They didn't need that. I, no. th I think they wanted to do it for style to not just do it and then let it die. Um, but if they would have shrunk either one of those or both of those, I kind of get, I'm with you 100%. I kind of get how they wanted to, to like blindside us that he was like this, you know, what this mercenary, you know, off the, off the grid, off the, uh, off the documentations, um, of the government so that they would, they'd be able to, uh, disavow him. Right. I, they wanted that kind of surprise and they got that. But it just took way too long to when these guys yes. that he beats up, they come <laughs> around the corner downtown at like 90 miles an hour and come running into a, a street barricade and then get out like nothing happened. Like well, yeah, and their only <laughs> their only transgression against Bob Odenkirk is that they're just like drunk and belligerent. Like right. they didn't they didn't like commit any sort of ill towards him. Like they didn't they didn't wrong him in any way. It's just that like he was already ticked off and those guys just were in the wrong place at the wrong time, which again is like, come on, there's gotta be something better we can write for that. There has to be. Right. And I didn't want to like, so then there was also like the, the, uh, the impending threat that they were going to assault the only girl on the bus. Not that I wanted to see an assault, but maybe they like push her or something and then he could like get up and like take them down. Right. It was that whole, the trans, uh, yeah, they like, they like never they, they never, 
made any they didn't do anything to that girl. Like they didn't even, all they said was like, they kind of cat called her a little bit, but like he was already on the bus. So right. like if, if something were to happen, he could protect her and he could have just said like, Hey, back off. But again, there's just like the inciting incident was so weird. It was weird for sure. It was weird for sure. But so like, had they played up the absurdity, then that moment when they crashed into the barricade, I was almost like, cause we hadn't had any absurd moments at that point. So when they crashed into that barricade and they got out, I was like, what is this movie? This makes yeah, no sense. It, it, that's when the movie turns obviously, but they needed more of that in the front end to make it make sense for the full through line. Because after that, we had the chair. <laughs> we we had we had Christopher Lloyd and all of his guns and antics. We had the brother on the radio. The well, and the whole bus fight was and, the whole bus fight was gruesome for sure, like yep. to a ridiculous extent, but also pretty funny. Like at one point, yep. he like takes the <laughs> takes the like cord you pull to request to stop and like basically like hangs this guy from it and then they yeah. show the sign that says stop requested i'm like yes. that is gold you know like that is just yeah. absolute gold like set that up better yep so all good intentions it just needed some fine tuning yeah all right well let's move into um final thoughts and scores kirk you want to kick us off yeah, yeah. It's an action movie. Nobody is an action movie that overall just loses itself in its over-ambitious narrative for me. Um, I've definitely seen worse. Uh, my Oscar and Scene Stealer definitely kept the plot stake high and interesting. I'm giving this movie a 6.5 out of 10 kernels. Yeah, good score. Good score. I think that that's, uh, that's pretty good. I think, you know... I, I found this movie incredibly difficult to score personally. I really did yeah. because it's, it's like you said, like you can't take it too seriously. It's an action movie, but at the same time, like execution wise, there, there are some pretty big miss marks in my, in my book. Um, I, I did enjoy it in the most, for the most part, I thought the second half was way better than the front half of the movie. And I thought the front half was like, you know, it's an hour and a half movie, and the first part of that movie feels like it takes forever to get off the ground. And so I would have liked more going on in the second half. Even the big, like, climactic scene is, like, really short. Like, the big battle sequence, it like, you, yes. build, you build up to it a little bit, and then you have it, and it just ultimately doesn't feel as epic as it should, you know? Because I think they just kind of, like ran out of juice, you know, and they spent so much time in the front half of the movie, like trying to establish this, like he's just a normal mundane guy. And we're like, yeah, we get it. Like we've seen movies like this before. This isn't a groundbreaking idea. So I think that's a mismark. I think had this movie come out before John wick, we'd be having a very different conversation, but you can't ignore the fact that this is a very derivative movie. You know, it's just, it, it, it really derives a lot of what it does. And, takes a lot of notes from John Wick. And so it's hard to like, you can't watch this movie without comparing it to it. You just can't. It, it's, mm -hmm. it, they take too many things straight out of it. Even the world that they're trying to build is pretty similar. The Russian mob thing is pretty similar. Like there is just a lot taken there. And um, like you said, I, I think um, with the absurdity versus serious action movie, they couldn't decide what the identity of this movie was. It's like, it's like watching a basketball team that's like kind of good at some things, but not good. They're not like really good at one thing. And so they have no identity and, and those kinds of teams never win. So um, that's what this movie was like for me. So I, I think 
all told, it's a 5.7 for me. And I think, you know, it, I would watch it again. I think it's 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 a weird five point seven in the sense that like it is it has some it has a lot of wrongs the ones that I just listed in my opinion, but it the stuff that it does right it does right in a pretty entertaining way and it's like a movie that you don't have to have a high level of engagement to find enjoyment in it so there it is still enjoyable which is why I kept it above the five mark but I don't think it's like an amazing movie. by any means so um i think it's worth seeing as always we always recommend you guys go see it let us know your thoughts on nobody um this is like i said one one of the hardest movies in my opinion that we've reviewed at least so far in 2021 if not since we started i just went back and forth on it um but in the end i think uh you know there we both agree there could have been some things executed more cleanly personally yeah um if if anything this movie will always be remembered for that chair to the, the chair face man stunt yeah and i love the bus fight scene like it yeah. was that was fun and uh, honestly like the end the end scene with like the home alone thing i just wish it was longer yeah. and i wish it was like more epic i mean we take out the main villain so quickly and and with yeah. like and- very little build-up and not even like a double tap. You're like, he, like he's dead and you fully expect in this world for him to come like running at him. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. I was like, that was weird. But well. <laughs> I, I did, one of the weirdest things about this movie is that like the signature weapon is a claymore mine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like at multiple times he's using like this World War II era claymore. You know, he, he like... <laughs> When he goes to meet Julian in the club, he's like got it underneath a napkin with the pin on his finger, which basically like if somebody were to shoot him, he would fall and the pin would be pulled and the claymore would explode. Right. And then in the final kill, he straps the claymore to <laughs> a piece of plexiglass and basically uses it as a riot shield and crashes into Julian. <laughs> they both go flying, um, which is cool, creative. But like, again, what a bizarre, what a very, very bizarre signature weapon to use in that movie. So... That's nobody Indeed. for you, though. It is just Indeed. a really interesting movie. So check out Nobody. You can only catch this one in theaters. So if you that's if right. you need some popcorn in your life, if you need some Reese's Pieces, that's what I was doing. Um, get out there. Get your mask on. It's it's feels safe. So um, And I'm going to literally choke Kirk out through the computer screen if I hear one more mouth sound. It is seriously so horrible. Um, but that is all we've got for you guys today. Thank you so much for bearing with us on the stream timeline. If you guys are listening to the podcast, thank you for subscribing, downloading, listening. We appreciate you guys very much. If you go see Nobody, if you make it out to the theaters, go check it out. Um, Let us know your thoughts. You know how to reach us. Um, One of the easiest ways to reach us is via Discord. Um, I want to keep talking about Discord because we're building a really fun community there of movie and TV lovers. We're sharing memes. We're sharing articles. um, And we would just want to build that community out more so we can talk more about movies and TV and we um, I'm excited to talk about it just started that show on Amazon Prime Invincible I mentioned it earlier today it's that animated show Um, that's got a really cool vibe and it's got lots of potential we're obviously talking about um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier on there which is what we're doing our spilled popcorn series on right now so if you're into that stuff if you're into movies and TV discord is the place to be you can find the link to our discord server in the description um also, 
Next time, it sounds like we're going to review Godzilla vs. Kong. So if you are interested in that movie, come join us next week, same time, hopefully earlier, <laughs> as long as my car doesn't overheat, um, <laughs> and we can review Godzilla vs. Kong together. But uh, again, thank you guys so much for watching. As always, we want to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Mr. Ryan Spriggs. And our original music is by the band Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. We will see you guys next week. Talk to you then. <laughs>